You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. Hey, good morning, Cornerstone. Hope you guys are doing well today. I am here in Williamsburg, Virginia with my family and doing a uh, school trip, an educational trip for my kids and letting them see some of the areas here in Williamsburg where some of the original thoughts came about from the founding of our nation. And so I want to share with you today a little bit, given this week that we've had, I mean, boy, it's been a week, hasn't it? I mean, and I'm recording this today. This would be on Friday. So um, you may, by the time you watch this, you may actually know we may have actually figured out who's going to be a president. If we haven't, which it doesn't seem like we're going to, you know, get that news just so quickly, um, then maybe this message will help. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about dealing with dissension. Dealing with dissension. This word dissension is an interesting word. It simply means this, a disagreement that leads to discord. A disagreement that leads to discord. Now, you know, you've seen this happen before. If you played a game with someone or if you played a sports with anybody before and you get into a disagreement about the rules, you know, maybe you played backyard ball and you was playing two-hand touch or something like that. Maybe somebody tackles you and said, hey, wait a minute, we're playing two-hand touch. Or maybe they... You know, they, they just did two-hand touch, and you, they said you got you with two hands, and you really only got you with one. And, you know, you get this disagreement going, and pretty soon, if people don't resolve it, it, it really gets into dissension. They get so upset with one another that they can't agree on how to move forward. And eventually, the, the statement that we, you know, kind of use sometimes is where we get it from. Uh, they pick up their ball, and they go home. And I remember one time we were playing out in Tulsa. You know, we would all kind of hang out at Haley's uh, apartment. She and her roommate, they had the best apartment, you know, out of our group of friends. And, and plus Haley cooked, and that was a big bonus. I mean, between Haley and her parents, I, I don't know that we would have made it if we would have ate, eaten, you know, if it hadn't been for them. Um, but I remember one night we were playing Monopoly. It was a group of us over there at her place. We were playing Monopoly, and we were in Tulsa. And, and <clears throat> so she was the banker, and everything was fine until she started winning. And so we all started messing with her, saying, you know, you're the banker. That's why you're winning. you got all the money. you got all the property. You know, it's not right, you know. And we started giving her a really big hard time. And, buddy, she told us real quick that, listen, I am not a cheater. And we couldn't help but just give her a hard time. We knew she wasn't cheating, but it was a funny thing to do anyway. And that's just a game. But, you know, anybody can accept loss. Well, maybe they can't accept it. It's not fun to lose. I don't like to lose, and probably you don't either. But anybody can accept loss as long as we all know what the rules are and they're clear. I don't like to lose, but at least I know we're playing by the same rules and the rules are clear. If I lose, then okay, I can accept that. You know, I think this week, regardless of who you've voted for, I think all of us can agree that there are some things that we are all a little bit frustrated by. And um, given everything that's going on, I don't know that you can just brush over this and try to preach a message without, you know, addressing kind of the elephant in the room, if you will. No political pun intended. You know, in Ecclesiastes, the Bible says in four, chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, that though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And it's one thing to have a disagreement. It's one thing to have a disagreement. I can disagree with you on politics. You can disagree with me on politics. It's another thing when, if it's not resolved it begins to go further, and that is into discord. When you have a cord that is not easily broken, it's, it's triple braided. It is, it is bound together really well. But the more you discord something, you take it apart, the less strength it has. And it can actually begin to break and unravel 
from where it once was. And I think it seems like that's where we're at today. We've moved from disagreement with others and our political differences to actually dissension. And the question is, how are we going to move forward? Because this is going to have to be resolved. I mean, this this thing of, of voting and our, our, our election process, I think job number one for whoever's elected and for all of our politicians going forward right now needs to be figure out how to make our elections right. It's clear. We all understand what we're doing. And you can verify that your vote has been cast. I mean, I... I bank with my phone. I can't show you my phone because I'm recording with it now, but I bank with my phone. I do my stocks with my phone. I can buy property with my phone. Listen, I can reserve a hotel at Hilton with my phone and get a confirmation in five minutes. Surely we can figure out a better way that works for all of us. But how do we move forward right now? Well, Paul gives us an example of this, and it's not just a teaching. You know, Paul was not liked by many people in the church when he first became a Christian because they thought he was... Uh, faking it. You know, this guy had killed people. He oversaw the killing of Stephen. He was known for his torture and for his his brutal tactics against Christians. And now all of a sudden, because he says he's had a vision of Jesus, people are like, I don't know if I believe this guy or not. Maybe he's using this idea to get to me. Well, there was a guy that took up for Paul, and his name was Barnabas. In Acts chapter 9, verse 26, the Bible says this, that when he came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples. He's talking about Paul. But they were all afraid of him, and you would have been too, not believing that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. Barnabas took Paul in. He stepped up for him. He became a mentor to Paul. We don't like to, maybe we don't understand this because of Paul. We think all the books he wrote in the Bible, you think, well, Paul just always had this this advanced knowledge of Jesus and, and understood spiritual things, and he was the man. He had a mentorship. It took many, many years, and Barnabas took him under his wing. Barnabas, the word actually means of his name, is son of encouragement. Barnabas was an encourager, and they, they became ministry partners. They went all over the place doing ministry together. In Acts 13 and verse 2, it says this, While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them to. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them away. They became ministry partners together, Barnabas and Saul, or Paul, actually, as he was you know, later named. And as they preached and did ministry together for some years, Paul had this idea. He said, hey, man, let's go back and return to some of the places we preach. Let's go and encourage these people. Where do you think Paul got that from? He got it from Barnabas. He learned because he was the mentee, believe it or not, from the mentor who was Barnabas. And so Paul is there, and this is what he says. He says, man, let's go back. And after some days, in Acts chapter 15 and verse 36, he says, After some days Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of God, and let's see how they're doing. So Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with him also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. So they've got some disagreements here. And verse 39 says, And there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark with him, and he sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. They were in such disagreement, it finally got to the point of dissension, that they began to unravel this beautiful team 
that they had created, or that the Lord had created, rather. So Barnabas says goodbye to Paul. Paul says goodbye to Barnabas. The funny thing about this is there's such a disagreement about this, and you don't really know exactly why. Maybe Mark didn't stay with them on their journey. Maybe he got tired. Maybe he was a wimp. He couldn't handle the, 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 you know, the sailing and all the different things they went through. I don't know. Maybe, though, just maybe, because we don't read this in Scripture, we don't know. We always look at things on the negative side. Maybe from a positive side, maybe Mark had a prompting in this spirit that said, you know what, I just don't think we need to go here. Just don't think we need to go here. The funny thing is, Mark is called the deserter. He's the one that left. But really, who deserted who? Didn't Paul leave Barnabas? Of course he did. Paul left Barnabas as much as Mark left uh, as much as Mark left Paul. You don't think about that sometimes, but they all left one another in a sense. They all Paul had just as much to play in this as did Mark. Mark always gets picked on, but Paul at this time was not the apostle Paul, if you will. He was under the leadership of Barnabas. It's funny how we can say they are wrong at times and justify the same actions in ourselves, isn't it? Don't you find that funny? How many times we, we, we can say they are wrong, but yet we justify the same action in ourselves? I'll give you a case in point. Have you ever looked at the guy who was driving down the road? He was going really, really fast, and man, as he's speeding down the road, you say to yourself, that's not right. He shouldn't be speeding. He's going to cause an accident. But we all know when you and I are speeding, it's for a very good reason. If you get pulled over, you tell the officer, well, I'm sorry I was late for work or I really needed to be at this appointment. Or I'm, You try to justify your actions, but you put down other people for doing the very same thing. Maybe Mark was being led by the Spirit and he felt strongly about this. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't a result. Maybe there were you know, things in his heart that were preventing him from going. Maybe he had other responsibilities he had to go back and tend to. But regardless, I know this, later on, Paul did the very same thing that Mark did. There were times where Paul said, I don't feel like this is the best trip for us to make. There were times where he and Silas were together. He said, it seems like we shouldn't go here. When they went into one city, he said the Holy Spirit forbade them to go any further, and they didn't go. In any case, enough time went by that they were able to work out their differences. It's amazing how we say these things that time heals all wounds, but time does not heal all wounds, but it does allow room for growth. So in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 9, he says, Make every effort to come see me soon. For Damas, having loved this present world, he's deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus has gone to Damascia. Only Luke is with me. Then he says this, Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he's useful to me for service. The message says it like this. He said, Luke is the only one here with me. Bring Mark with you. He'll be my right-hand man. How did Mark go to being his right-hand man when Paul left him, and they were so upset with one another, they couldn't even speak or handle another missionary trip together. Well, how could Paul become so trusting of Mark? Well, maybe Paul matured in his thinking just as well as Mark did. It's funny how when you grow, you mature and you think differently of other people. You know, maybe he had what we should do now, use some intelligence and thought about some things and, and decide to examine some things about Mark versus assuming everything about Mark. I don't know. I don't have all the answers to those questions. In Colossians, Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 10. This is from the message. He says, Articus, who is in jail here with me, sends greetings. Also, Mark, 
Mark's hanging out with Paul again. He's the cousin of Barnabas. Now, there gives you an indication why Barnabas might not have left Mark because he was related to him. But Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, you received a letter regarding him. He says, if he shows up, welcome him. Now, it sounds like a jab, but it's not. Listen to what he says next. And also Jesus, the one they call Justice. These are the only ones left from the old crowd who have stuck with me and working for God's kingdom. Don't think they haven't been a big help. How do two people with such disagreement, such dissension, such unraveling of relationships come together and make it work again? They figured it out. What did they do? How did they figure it? How did they repair a broken relationship? I think probably because they believed in something that was greater than the two of them. The thing that brought them together that meant more to them than each other as individuals, and that was the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something. There's some things in life that you can repair, and there's some things in life that you can't repair. There's some things in life that are going to have to be agreed on in our country. We're going to have to go forward and agree on some things that we might not normally want to agree on. There's some things that we're not going to agree on, and we need to have our voice in those things. There are some things I'm just simply not going to bend my knee to. I'm not going to agree with some things that are against God's word. But there's some things that aren't really worth fighting over. I don't have the answers for this week's mess. I really don't. I wish I did. I've prayed about it a lot and tried to ask God about it a lot of different things about this week. But I don't have answers for this week. But I do have some thoughts to consider during this time. And I want to leave you with these. Be sure that whatever you disagree on, you're willing to go all in with. In other words, whatever it is that you disagree on, be sure you're willing to go all in on. Be sure it's worth the fight because some things are worth fighting for and some things are not. What's better on hot dogs, ketchup or mustard? <laughs> it's not really worth fighting over. What's better, a Mac or a PC? Ah, I'm going to leave that up to you. But nonetheless, it's not worth fighting over. You can work longer if you want to on that PC. Anyway, Coke or Pepsi? Well, here, and where I'm at, I, I didn't run across a Coke every time. I drank a Pepsi a couple of times. Not my favorite. But, you know, when you're thirsty, you kind of sacrifice a little bit. So those things aren't worth fighting over. But there are some things that are worth fighting over. There's some things you're willing to go all in for. Be willing to know what the difference is between what's not really worth fighting over and what's really worth it. If you have things, number two, if you have things that you know that need to be resolved, take care of it today. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. If your frustrations have turned into disagreements, which have turned into dissension, take the time to resolve it today. Forgive people, ask for forgiveness, and overlook faults. This way, when you need to stand for something real, it can be evident and not just another complaint or another issue with someone else. Hey, listen, I pray for you today. I pray that you would take the time today to come together, to put aside differences that really don't matter. Ketchup, mustard, and hot dogs, not an issue. But there are some things that are really issues that need to be, you need to be willing to stand up for. So I'll take a moment to pray for you right now. Why don't you ask you to close your eyes and just take a moment here with me in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you and I thank you for our church. Lord, it's a very difficult time this week for all of us. 
God, there's many of us who have concerns about the future. There's many of us who are, are frustrated. We're upset about all that we see that's going on. I pray today, Lord, that we would not allow our frustrations with what we see in government spill over into our relationships with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Let us overlook the faults in each other. Let us overlook things that really don't matter. God, so we can stand together as Christians for the things that do matter. And we can have our voice united together on the things that matter to you. Lord, I pray that you give us each strength today. Give us all strength to go through this next week. God, I pray for our nation that you would do a work in our country. God, that you would put aside anger. You'd help remove frustrations. God, help our nation to figure this thing out, to get it resolved as quickly and as efficiently and the right way by using the rules that were given for the game. God, we thank you for it, Lord. And we ask your blessings on our nation right now. Heal those hurts that are there. God, remove the pains and unforgiveness that are there. Help us to make a move today towards you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. One of our pastors is going to come up here in just a moment. They're going to lead you forward in a time of prayer and a time of dismissal. You know, one of the things, you know, Pastor Jody just shared is that, um, you know, we're not limited when we have Jesus Christ. You know, I read a book a while back called The Third Option. And it's not choosing not to pick sides. It's choosing to pick, hey, you know what? I can understand both sides. I'm going to choose to be in the middle. And, and with Jesus, we're not limited by who the president is. I look back to when Jesus was around. They, had a, they were under Roman occupation. Miserable experience that they must have been dealing with. Okay? But Jesus still fulfilled everything that he fulfilled and the things that he was supposed to do. And so I just want to encourage you that our hope is not in our president. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and that he uses the circumstances that we go through. So it's just an encouragement. But you might be sitting here today or be watching online and you don't have that peace that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to pray right now. And if that's something you want to do, just pray with me. In fact, we're all going to pray together. Heavenly Father, if you all just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for each and every one of us. That your desire is for us to have a relationship with you. That is your ultimate goal, your ultimate desire. And Lord, we just ask you, ask Jesus to come into our heart and we accept what you're offering to us. We accept that relationship and all that it comes with it, the blessing that comes with it, the peace of God that comes with it. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you're watching online, you can just make a comment, uh, ask for prayer, and they'll actually give you some more information. If you're here in, in the auditorium with us, uh, just find one of us after service. We'd love to put some stuff in your hand that would help you walk out that wonderful decision that you just made because there's peace of God that comes with that decision. And we just want to say thank you guys for joining us, whether you're here in person or you're online. I want to thank you for, for being here with us today. Uh, and we're going to dismiss you with uh, the blessing. And this is a great thing to think about as we walk out. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may this Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God bless. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you all next week. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.